success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And I have another invincible one to introduce you to today. Dr. Michelle Mraz, award-winning global TEDx speaker, executive speaker, coach, leadership trainer, seven times best-selling author and multi-platform media host. Oh my gosh, Michelle Mraz, the doctor is in the house. Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I just adore you. And I just want to just let our listeners know a little heads up. This woman might break out in song at any given time. Prepare your hearts. So let's do this. I can't wait to share you. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Oh, how did I get here today? Well, it was an accident, literally. I used to run political campaigns. I wrote for for politicians and I wrote campaigns, you know, platforms and things of that nature. And in 2014, I was in a car accident. And in that car accident, I was told, ah, you're fine. Go home. You have a minor concussion. Twelve days later, I stopped talking. Then I stopped walking. And then for the next two years, three months, I was basically a vegetable. There were my husband carried me around and my children guided me and they fed me pills and I did nothing. And I was trapped in my head with all those inner critics that told me what I wasn't. Yeah, that's how I got here today. In those two years, three months, I over-evaluated myself. So how many of you out there during COVID were locked in your house and went, oh my God, I'm going crazy. Yes. I was locked in my mind for two years and three months. Now, I evaluated everything I never allowed myself to do in the 46 years of my life. And how I got here is at the end of that two-year mark, I was screaming up in the air in my head to God that if you hate me so much, then just kill me already. And I heard, you're not dead yet. Get up. Part of me is like, is that my brain injury playing tricks on me? Or did I just hear that? And what I took it was, I heard that. And from that moment on, I started working on me and becoming the best version of me to find my why in the world so that I would be driven to be the best version of me every day of my life. And how did I get here? I realized if it's happening to me, if I was playing small for 46 years of my life, what is everyone else doing? And so it became my mission to become a coach, to help other people pull that veil of inadequacy off of them and step into who they are. Now, I have to mention that brain injury. I have a traumatic brain injury. I was 
reason I was stuck in my head was because I'm missing my frontal lobe over my left ear, the back of part of my brain and my two hemispheres had disconnected. I came from brain dead to this. That's how I got here. Oh my gosh. And there's so much along the way. So, I mean, oh my, so you, so all that you do today, you weren't doing that in 2014. Or, so everything happened after 2016, after your two years of being stuck, oh my gosh, in your head. So it almost seems ridiculous for me to ask you this, but what makes you invincible? I'm invincible because I learned that the biggest power about all of us is that we're just kids stuck in adult bodies. Think about it. We are born out of our mothers screaming and our mothers screaming, right? Someone slaps us on the butt and puts us on a cold table. We are meant to feel pain to grow. When we start crawling, we crawl, we hit our face. We pull up, we hit our face. We start walking, we fall down, but we keep getting up. That's the magic of everything I've learned so far is that when something knocks you down, you must find your personal way back up because that's how you learn and that's how you grow. That's how I got here. And there's more. I can't wait to hear the more. So, I mean, you just really paved the way because today we're coming with resiliency and self-leadership. And I think you're such a beautiful living example of that. I know more of the story than you've shared so far. So I, I know this to be true and I can't wait. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners everything they need to know about this resiliency that you speak of and the self-leadership. And I, I know that that is what brought you to where you are. And I'm so excited to talk about this. Let's give it to them. Okay. Well, the reason I call myself resiliency coach, I, I say it because I've been there, done there, got the t-shirt, made a couple of more. And, and basically when I had that brain injury, I, I was told I may never walk or talk again. They didn't know what was going to come out of me because the brain is such an intricate little muscle in there, you know, and I managed to pull myself out by going through lots of therapy. Therapy is not easy. Okay. It hurts. And with me, the part of my brain that was damaged, every time I closed my eyes, I would fall. So I went through a lot of therapy and I had, even though it, it didn't work sometimes or I'd get really sick, uh, they would test me too long and I would pass out and not be able to move for weeks. This was not a quick process. I make it sound like it was, but it was years in the making. Matter of fact, I'm still in therapy. Okay. So basically that resiliency is get up, get up, get up, get up. Now what I Part of the bigger resiliency part is six months after I started walking and talking on my own, I was uh, waiting to go get an award at the Women's Economic Forum in New Delhi, India, waiting for my passport when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a breast cancer that they hadn't caught. And they told me, you know, you don't have much longer to live. And I started crying and the doctor's like, I'm so sorry. I told you you had cancer. I mean, I, I didn't mean to you know, get you to cry like that. It's just very important. You know, you have cancer. I said, you don't understand. I'm not crying about the cancer. I'm crying because I have three months to take as many veils off of people as possible. Cut my breast off. Get me out of here. I got to go. I've got to help as many people as possible. That's where the big resiliency came from. 
because through that breast cancer, anyone who knows anyone with cancer or has experienced cancer, it's not a one and done. It didn't stop. It started working its way through my body and, and you know, fusing organs together and killing things. And it basically, I had nine surgeries that I had to survive. Every six months, they cut me open again for something else to become this woman. I had to change how I ate. I changed how I worked out. I used to be one of those crazy women who were at the gym and I was always running and I'd be there for two hours and I would never drop weight. But when I got that breast cancer diagnosis, I had to shift my mindset. That's where the self-leadership came in. How many times have you started a diet or something? You do, yeah, I did it for a month. It didn't work. This was life or death. So the self-leadership comes into the fact that I had to make a decision, a choice, and it, it came very clear to me. Everything in your life is a choice. How you take downfalls is a choice. How you re respond to negative information is a choice. How you respond to anything that comes from the outside of you is a choice. I had to choose to live. And what was I going to do to live? I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to do that. But my stubborn mindset, when I hear you have to, I don't want to do it. If someone tells me I have to do it, I won't do it. So I had to shift my mindset. I went to a counselor and said, what do I do? I mean, how do I get out of this rebellion mode? Because if I don't, I'm going to die. And she said, take ownership of everything that's wrong. Once I took ownership that I was who I was because I didn't take care of my body, I'll get on that in a little bit. I had to take ownership that the breast cancer I got was not genetic. I caused it somehow. And I, I don't know how I caused it, but I did a lot of self-evaluation. It's like, I held on to a lot of anger. I hold on to a lot of regret. I held on to a lot of, I wish I had, I, I hold on to a lot of pain. And in my mind, I manifested cancer in my body because I wouldn't let go of things that were out of my control. That's where self-leadership comes in. I love to quote Byron Katie. She says, there are three types of business in this world. There is my business, the other person's business, and God's business. I pulled myself out of God's business and everyone else's business and said, what can I control? And once that was put in my mind, I can control me. It was very powerful. And for a stubborn person, I'm like Nemo from Finding Nemo. <laughs> Don't touch the butt. I'm going to touch the butt. I had to say, okay, I choose not to touch the butt. I had to choose to take ownership of every action and every bad thing I thought ever happened in my life. Once you take ownership of how you played a part in whatever happened in your life, you own it. That's self-leadership and resilience. And resilience. I love that so, so much. That is amazing. And I was going to say, tell us how that played out in your life, but I know you're going to do that. So, mm -hmm. oh, I want to talk about some of these experiences. So okay. we're going to take a few minutes to do this. So the first thing is TEDx. So tell us about that experience on the TEDx stage. Okay. TEDx, you're going to laugh at me. I don't remember. When I came out of that comatose state after two years and three months, I heard a voice that told me, speak, be the light. 
And I promised that voice that I would say yes to any opportunity that presented itself. The very first thing I found when I started looking in my emails was an invitation to a TEDx. I didn't know what a TEDx was. And I have a 16 second memory. I did my TEDx with a 16 second memory. So for those of you who are afraid to try out for a TEDx, because what if I, what if, what if, what if, what if you do and you do well? So what I did was I said, yes. And I went to the TEDx people. I did a talk and I recorded the talk I gave them and they said they loved it. So I put it on repeat on a recorder and I listened to it every day constantly until it moved from my, from my temporary memory to my long-term memory. And when I did my TEDx, I did this amazing talk that I don't quite remember. I had a standing ovation. I ended up singing at the end. Don't remember that. All I remember was coming off the end of the stage with all these people standing, clapping for me. And my husband came to the stage to get me because with my brain injury, bright lights gave me vertigo. So you, if you watch the video, you can't even tell what the whole world was spinning on me when I was on that stage. I came to the edge of the stage and I looked at my husband and I said, how did I do? He said, honey, you did amazing. I did. I did okay. He said, oh my goodness. Yes, you did. So looking back at the TEDx stage, it was amazing. But there, I don't remember it. Oh my And gosh. it's because I did it with a 16 second memory and spoke from my heart. That's power. That is power. And, you know, that is so amazing to me because like looking at you today and how you are teaching other people how to speak, right? And you're, you're speaking and you're coaching speakers. And that is, and didn't you write a book about that too, about uh, speaking on the TEDx stage? Yeah, it's called Eat, Drink and Be Merry. It's my, um, it was my TED talk. And then I told, put the story around it. It was a dedication to my mother-in-law. Basically what my TED talk was about was, what happened when I got trapped in my head and the three lessons I learned from my mother-in-law that I used to think she was crazy about talking about, uh, the, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you the three. You have to eat dessert first. You have to enjoy the little things in life because when I was trapped in my head, I truly, truly missed sunshine and the laughter of children and the ability to move the little things in life. The other thing was you have to have a goal up to my 46 years of life before I had the, the car accident. I did not have a goal. I didn't have a purpose. I was living for my children, living to be the wife. And I really had no, no aim. So you have to have a goal, but you have to be flexible on how you get to it. So now that I have a goal, I'm very flexible, but I'm very determined on how I get there. It's just like a GPS GPS will give you five different ways. Pick a route. You might hit a dead end. So take the next route. Keep going. But find your way. And then the third part of that TEDx is a quote by um, Ellen Glasgow. The differences between a rut and a grave are the dimensions. If you're doing the same thing every day and wondering why you're not moving from it, it's because you haven't taken a step out of the box, the grave you are building for your life. When I was trapped in my head, I realized that the first 46 years of my life, I was building my own grave. I was dead and didn't even know it. Oh, Michelle. And I hear that sometimes from people and I think, oh my gosh, I, oh, amazing. Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about your book. <laughs> so one. I know. Well, you know, I think we're going to have to talk about the, 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 it's not luck one first. So oh. 
Because it's so funny. Um, Michelle's book is called It's Not Luck overcoming you and what a story that she has to share. And uh, I thought that was so appropriate and we didn't even know this, but when I was sharing with her about what the She's Invincible podcast was and what our message was, she was like, oh, wait, you got to see this book. And so this is one of her best-selling books. Amazing. You want to definitely check that out. And all of the links are in the show notes. So don't worry, just click the show notes and we'll take you everywhere you need to go to find Michelle, her books, her TEDx talk, all of her things. Uh, your next book. This is another favorite for me. Hold my crown. Oh my gosh, oh, yes. Michelle. Oh, the, first of all, the cover is unbelievably gorgeous uh just it. it stops you in your tracks literally so beautiful so beautiful and it and fits it, it you amazing do you know where it looked amazing tell me in times square that is, <laughs> it was i want to hear board. i want to hear about that so i knew it i saw the pictures i heard some of the story but we have to share that with our listeners how in the world that i mean this is a gorgeous book how in the world did you get your book on the billboard in Times Square? I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, you're That's full not of an answer you wanted. <laughs> well, the Hold My Crown Women of Grit share stories of resilience. Um, I gathered women. I'm a speaker, so I'm a global speaker. And as I traveled around the world, I would tell a little bit of my story. And women would come to me and say, I have a story, too. And I do. Oh, great. You should write a book. And they do. Um. I'm not ready to write a book. I did. Well, there's enough of you. Do you want to write a chapter and we can all come together and we would, we would travel together. We'd speak together, that kind of thing. That's how the book came to be. And we all have different stories from different walks of life, different, you know, ages, you know, nationalities, everything, but how it got onto Times Square is my publisher, perfect publishing, Ken Rashan. Uh, he's, I met him at the ultimate speaker in Orlando when I won the ultimate speaker Orlando in July of 2021. Yes. And he's like, I told him about my idea because he had all these women with me at the competition. And I said, we all want to write a book, but um, my publisher went out of business and I don't have a publisher. And he's like, I'm a publisher. I do. So you're a photographer. Yes. Actually, I'm a marketer. I just happen to be a publisher too. I went, you're a marketing person. I need a marketing person for this book. And so he is the one who published the book and he has lots of connections. And there was a woman at the ultimate speaker competition that I won. When I came off the stage of winning, she ran up to me crying, hugged me. And she said, I love you. I, I want, I want you to be in my magazine. I went, okay. But I was on such an elate, elated mode that I didn't catch her name. I didn't know anything about her magazine. Then a whole year later, she writes me and she says, you're in my magazine. I want you to come to New York. And I went, okay. And Ken's like, yeah, come to New York. So I go to New York to meet her. They bring me to New York and they're touring me around and they bring me to Times Square and they have me filming the board for someone else. And then my book popped up. It was a big surprise. Oh my she gosh. And Ken conspired to put me on uh, my book onto Times Square because it, it's changing lives. Women like you and all the women and everyone who's listening and men, I have a lot of men who've read this who do, this is my mom, this is my sister, this is my daughter. And yeah. we're changing the world with this one book. 
Oh, Michelle. So amazing. So amazing. Oh my gosh. All right. And now you have a brand new book. Uh, I hope you never stop writing, Michelle. So tell us about your brand new book, Pearls of Wisdom. Pearls of Wisdom, quotes to inspire an unapologetic life. I like quotes. And when I was um, recovering, I used a lot of quotes to keep me motivated. And I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a loner. I know that sounds crazy, but I really am a bit of a loner, especially during my brain injury, bad parts. And especially through my breast cancer, I, I couldn't be around crowds. I kind of avoided a lot of people. And I use quotes that motivated me. I collected them in the book. So what I do is I've been sharing them on social media. And then Ken said, why don't you put them together so people can find them too? I'm like, oh, okay. And then this picture, this man... I went to high school with him, the one who took this picture. And during COVID, I was watching him on Instagram and he kept putting all these pictures up because, you know, he was locked in his house. So he was taking pictures of what he had in his backyard and things like that. And he took this picture and I told him during COVID, one day I want to use your picture for something. I don't know what. And then when the Pearls of Wisdom quote book came up, I went, I know exactly. Paul DeAnda, Paul, can I use your picture? And he went, of course you can use my picture. So a man I met in high school, 30 some odd years ago, we reconnected and I'm using his picture for my cover of my book. That is amazing. What? It's like such a puzzle, right? And you're just putting all the pieces together and you're finding them along the way. I love that. Oh, Michelle, love, love, love. This is so fun, but we still have so much to talk about. I want to hear about, you have two podcasts, not, you are such an overachiever, <laughs> not one, you have two podcasts, you have an amazing TV show. So let's start with the TV show. Well, the TV show is actually, it's been an evolution of my radio show. I used to have a radio show on KCMJ 93.9 <laughs> and um, it became a Facebook live and then it became a podcast and during covid one of my friends in the philippines he's a, um he was a, a big he's a big speaker in the philippines he kept wanting me to come back to the philippines to speak and then covid hit and he's like how do i get you to the philippines to speak now that covid's here we don't know how long this is going to last i said i don't know he has i started a tv company move your podcast make it a show for TNC, the new channel in the Philippines. So we moved my, my Facebook live, my podcast to TV. And now it is live streaming, um, Rokio, Apple, you name it. It's all over the place in, on TNC. It's, um, in all of Asia, you know, India and, oh my gosh, Pakistan and Ireland actually. And then I just got picked up by Zondra TV, ZTV here in America, all the Americas, UK and Australia. So now Mental Shift is streaming on six continents. The only thing we don't have is Antarctica at this point. Wow, that is so amazing. Congratulations. I interview people like you interview. I love just it. Amazing people who've had mental shifts in their lives and they're out changing the world or in changing their environment, whatever. It's awesome. Uh, that's amazing. And it came from a podcast, which I love that. It's it's that repurposing, right? Of like, you know, let's just put it over here now too. So I well, love that. that. You never know who's listening or where they're watching. 
I mean, my podcast on Facebook, I never, I saw maybe 10, 10 people, max a hundred people, but it was being watched by thousands in the Philippines. Why not move it? Right. It makes right. sense. And thousands in India. So we moved it. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. And then your podcast. Tell us about your two podcasts. Okay. The other podcast is Denim and Pearls, Pearls of Wisdom from the Porch. It's business casual with Pearls of Wisdom from the Porch. That started in COVID because I watched so many entrepreneurs complaining online about failing businesses and not knowing what they were going to do. So my neighbor and I, since we were watching each other and we had nothing else to do, we started doing a live broadcast on Facebook and we went, we can help other entrepreneurs find out a, a way out of their box of thinking and see other ways of branching out. And we just helped on entrepreneurs. That's what we were doing. And we just never stopped. Now, the other one is Amplifluence. And I do that with, uh, so Denim and Pearls is with Brian Swanson. He's a, he's a entrepreneur wizard in my book. And then Amplifluence is with Ken Roshan, who is my publisher and also my photographer. If you ever follow me on social media and you see all my pictures, it tends to be him, him and Simone. Simone. I love Simone. Anyways, Amplifluence is amplifying the influences of authors, coaches, and basic influencers, speakers. And I go from state to state, city to city with Ken. We take pictures, we do social proof, and then I coach them in speaking and how to present their, their subject on stage so that they can amplify their influence. I love that. Oh my gosh. All right, guys, all the links are in the show notes. Click the show notes. Michelle, tell our listeners how they can find you. My name is my everything. I have a brain injury. It's simple. MichelleMaross.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-R-A-S.com. Every button you need to find me is on that page. Every video, everything. Go there. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That is amazing. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, 
and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, Michelle, this has been so much fun. And we promise our listeners on the She's Invincible podcast that we are going to bring fierce female entrepreneurs. We're going to just highlight. Yes, yeah, show me your gloves. We're going to highlight their expert zone of genius, which you've done so well today. Thank you so much for your contribution. Oh my gosh, but you're not done because we also promised them that while we're highlighting this expert zone of genius, that we are going to pull back the curtain because women are constantly comparing themselves. They see you today. You're beautiful. You're smart. Even though, I mean, you said, I don't remember and I don't know how. (laughs) And that has nothing to do with how smart you are. It was just funny. I wrote it down. I was like, here she is so successful. And when you ask her how, she says, I don't remember and I don't know how. And, but you know what? I think like, that's what, that's what trips us up. We think we have to know how. We think we have to be perfect. And like, It is so cool to know that at the end of the day, just show up and it happens, right? If you trust the process and you do your work on your side, like you said, how you listen over, yes. And over and over and over again, you listened to that speech until you could stand on a stage with vertigo and speak it like that is unbelievable, right? But so many women, they compare your mountaintop experience and they want to be like you and they think you're so lucky and I want to smack them. (laughs) And I know you do too. Yes. With that book, we want to smack them with that book. It's not luck. I find that the harder I work, the luckier I get. And you know, that's just the way it is. But here's the deal. We want to show them what your journey looked like. Because as successful entrepreneurs, I feel like once we figure it out, we've got to go back and tell the others, right? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy, but you can do it. And so we're going to do that right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. We're going to start with the good. I always love to hear the good first. So tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. So far, I have a lot, but most recent, I went to New York about two to three weeks ago, and I met uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Shelley Hipsky, and she invited me on stage with her on, at a woman's conference. And um, she says, would you like to sing? I said, you know, I'd love to sing. She says, I want you to sing and then share a little bit of your story. You've got, you know, 10 minutes. And I went up on stage. She introduced me. I went on stage and I sang at last, my love has come along. And I sang that whole song. Everyone's cheering and everything. And what I did at the end of it was, you think I'm talking about someone else, but I finally found the love of me. 
And then I shared the story about how I fought insecurity all my life and how I compared myself to people and I was never good enough. I was too fat. I was too short. I was too something all my life. And once I found the love me, my world exploded into this awesomeness because I stopped worrying about what everyone else thought. That is my most remarkable point of my entire existence right now is three weeks ago when I was able to sing on stage in New York and share an inspirational story. And we formed the Inspiring Lives Trio with me, Dr. Shelley, and Natasha Witherspoon. We are now a troupe that speaks and sings at uh, conferences. So I keep that in love mind. it. I love it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you know, I'm listening to you uh, and watching you tell this story and I'm thinking, and it even gets better than this, right? Like that's the coolest thing about life is today, that is your greatest story. And it's only from three weeks ago. And in two more months, you're going to have another greatest story because that's how life is. And yes. I love that. When you live it out loud, that's how life is. It, it pays you back. Oh, my gosh. I live unapologetically. That's my, my, that's my theme. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, as fun as that is, we have to tell a story about the bad. So let's save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad, not so fun or great part of your journey so far. Well, the past four years, every six months, ever since I was diagnosed with cancer, um, those were bad uh, because think about it. I have, I had two children and a husband and I'm, I've got a death sentence and when everything, don't ever Google when you are diagnosed with anything tragic. Okay. Because I only saw the bad and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have not lived that dash in my life. I haven't lived. And here I was speaking already, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I had a time limit. And when I realized that bad was the good because it forced me to one, finish my bucket list, two, realize my list is never gonna end, and three, made me realize that no one has tomorrow promised, no one. So I was given cancer and told you're gonna die from this, and I realized I could get hit by a bus too before this gets me. So why would I live in fear of this diagnosis? I could be living in fear of getting hit by a bus, catching COVID, uh, tripping and hitting my head. There's so many other things, hit by lightning, you name it. Why well, I live in fear. So the bad cancer and the surgery, a major surgery every six months, those were very difficult to come out because I was still speaking and my podcast, I was still doing my TV shows. I was still speaking on stages. No one knew that I was at bags and tape and bandages and, and, and incisions. Now, what your audience doesn't know was I was 389 pounds when I did my TED Talk. And the bad part of it was when they did my surgery for my breast cancer, I died on the table. Spoiler alert, I came back. But I died on the table because I was so big that when they knocked me out, the weight of my body was crushing my organs and, and it stopped me from waking up from my anesthesia. So that was the bad part that every time they operated on me, I worried if I'm going to wake up. That was the bad. Spoiler alert, I'm still here. Oh. Let's get to the ugly. Yeah, that was a great spoiler alert. I'm so glad you're still here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Me too. Tell us a story about the ugly. 
the ugly was something that surprised me. I always said, you know, I don't care what other people think. I don't care. But when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and then those subsequent surgeries, breast cancer didn't bother me. Cut the breast off. I don't care. I, I just want to live. But that last one of the last surgeries where they did the hysterectomy. So they've cut everything out of me. And after the hysterectomy, my biggest worry was, one, am I still a woman? And am I human? And my husband's like, what are you talking about? I I have no breast. I have no uterus. Uh, what am I? And it really shook me to the core because then I realized how reliant I was on my outside and my who I was as a woman has nothing to do with what I look like or what my organs were. And yes, I have a lot of artificial body parts working in me, but they're keeping me upright. The ugly part was I had to come face to face with the fact that I, although as strong as I, I appeared to be, I thought I was, I was still very sensitive on womanhood. And what were people going to think when they found out that I didn't have breasts and what makes me me? And the, that was the dark part that I realized that, no, I am me because of my essence, because of the light I shine, because of the love I give back and the knowledge I share. And if I drop dead today, the world knows that every person I've come in contact with, anyone who's ever heard me or read any book or anything I've ever done knows I love you. I believe in you and you can do anything you want to do. Believe in you and you can, because I'm not supposed to be here by technicalities, but here I am. And at 50, I'm 53 now at 50, I dropped 200 pounds. Every woman there out here knows when they tell you, oh, in your 40s, oh, when you hit menopause, forget it. You're just, that's just, that's just going to stand you. Just accept you're going to be moody. Accept that's just how it is. Excuse me, I'm about to swear. That's bullshit. You define you. You choose what happens to you. You choose what you will allow to hold you back. I am living proof that no matter what knocks you down, you can get back up and you can beat the odds. There is nothing special about me except that I am stubborn. The one thing I used to get in trouble for when I was a little kid was I talked too much and I'm stubborn. It's the two things that saved me. So if you're out there listening and wondering, what do I have? And oh, look at her. She's got her things all in a row. No, I don't. I didn't remember how I did my TED Talk. I kept getting up and I keep reaching up. And if you find yourself in a bucket of crabs where people are pulling you down and telling you you can't do it because no one else has ever done it, cut yourself off of that. Leave it. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost family because when you're on a mission, when you know your why, the magic in it isn't that you're going to do it like someone else. It's because you're going to do it just the way only you can. The quote I love to share is my quote from my very first book, Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. Change is an emotional journey. It's not butterflies in a field of daisies. It hurts. It hurts. Promise me. I promise you it hurts. It's difficult. But it proves and it shows you who you are at your core. 
You've got to fight to be the best version of you every day because the beauty is in the possibilities of who you really are. So stop being who everyone thinks you're supposed to be and be you unapologetically. Oh my gosh. And there is the mic drop. Oh, Michelle <laughs> Mraz, the doctor in the house. Congratulations again. That's new. Uh, and so we're all getting used to that. But I love, love, Even love. Even I am. Yeah, I know you are. And it is just the most amazing thing. And I just love that you're not just living like, you know, okay, so you beat the odds, right? And you you outlived whatever the diagnosis was. But the way that you're living your life, you're not leaving anything anything behind. You are using every single thing you have and you're summoning more so that you can keep going and give your all. And I've watched you even after you give it all, you give more. And it amazes me. And I love that about you. And some people are just out there trying to survive and OMG, that is not you. And I love how you talk about living unapologetically, but man, you are thriving and you are making a huge impact in this world. And you are encouraging others to live unapologetically as well. well that they love. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right, you guys, you heard it from the doctor. She said, get back up. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business or what messy part of this journey you're on, but wherever you are, get back up. Just get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Dr. Michelle. We're all toddlers stuck in grown up bodies. We fell to learn to walk. Keep falling, keep getting back up. Um, oh, I have to do a quote. Maya Angelou, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Don't make life ordinary. Live it extraordinary, just as you are meant to. Oh, get back up, girls. Let's go. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.